Hey, dog. Hey, Karen. How are you? I'm so bored. I'm sorry. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm just bored. I'm sorry. It, 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 the past year has had this real Groundhog's Day quality to it, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't even know if the days were longer, if it would matter. And when we're coming off of a, a long weekend, technically, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, we're fine. We are still healthy. Most of the people we know are still healthy. Blah, blah, blah. Just bored. Yeah. Just no light. We're just in the tunnel. But we're moving in the tunnel, so there's that. Right. Well, it's pretty wild because, like, now everybody's home at my house. <laughs> uh, sorry. I know. Because <laughs> my spouse was going to work, um, and he actually got, um, I guess it's a promotion at the at the new year, and he moved into um, off, you know, from a production job to like a more officey job, and. On the floor where he is, it, every and it's a, he's an essential worker. Um, and on the floor of his new job in the office, it's like fifty percent of his department got like got tested for COVID like last week. Like like they there were so many positive? people. Yeah, they tested positive because there were so many people that um that were like calling out because they had COVID that his company, which is like massive and you know, it's a huge company. And so they did tests, like they tested the employees. Um, and so he's, he's good. he had to go get tested. And it was like half of his floor was like wiped out. They all got positive. So, Holy crap. So the company was like, everybody go home, work from home, work from oh home. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he's working from home. This is the week that my kid Invading is invading your space. I know. This is the week my kid is on work from home duty. So it's just been kind of wild because it's like everybody's home and everybody's working. So it's oh like, wow, yeah, yeah. Everyone's draining the internet. Well, you should make them all watch Melrose with you. I know, right? Sit around and bond. I know. Well, like when I had lunch today, I watched Melrose and I couldn't do it down at the big TV. Because, you know, I had to, like, do it on my laptop with my earphones in. Yeah, you should have played it for everyone. I know. And warned your kid and be like, this is why you go to school, so you don't end up like any of these people. <laughs> or acting on Melrose Place. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey. Um, hey. 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 Uh, season 5, episode 30. 30. I mean, we're almost at the end of that season. How, uh, uh, how did the whole season go by? I know. It really flew. Yeah. Which is good well, because season did. four did yeah. not. Yeah. I feel like we were just wrapping up season four days ago. and You know, like just yeah. a couple of weeks ago. But I no. Know. We've yeah. gone through 30 episodes of a whole new one. Yeah. Well, and, and, and thank God for it not being like season four. Yeah. Because, holy like, shit, really you thought the pandemic the was bad. You thought the pandemic was bad. Imagine season four in the pandemic. Yeah, it's true. Which we I had thought you were going to say season four was worse than the pandemic. And I was going to tilt that a little bit and be like, well, Karen, no. <laughs> but no, season four during the pandemic, yeah. Because, I mean, we basically narrowly avoided, or did we have some season four during the pandemic? We must have. We must have. I think we started. I think we started going, doing the recaps of season five, in like mid to late summer. 
So I think there was a lot of season four that was still happening uh, during the beginning of the pandemic. But uh, I think that whole thing is a blur. I mean, I think we've repressed parts of that because it was just so much, you know, shock going on to our system. Yeah, this has just been bizarro year. I mean, it's and it just keeps getting it feels so weird because we don't have any of like the typical things we would do to market. Yes. Like, I'm like, like, I'm like, oh, I saw this show. When was it? Three months ago? Four months ago? Oh, it was a year and a half ago. Uh, right. And oh, I, I ate that restaurant that... a couple. Weeks... No, I ate that restaurant two years ago. Yeah, that was two years uh, ago. And I will say this about um, having a new administration in office. <laughs> Because we are not in perpetual <laughs> crisis mode with, like, like, the president tweeted out this thing and we're about to go to nuclear war. Like, because we have grown-ups in the White House, yeah. like, everything, it, like, you can't even, like, you, like, I don't roll over, you know, and sort of, like, grab my phone first thing in the morning to, like, see what, like, disaster has happened over, like, what. Yeah, what new enemy have we flipped the bird to today? Yeah, 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 like, I don't have that, like, oh, my God, what did this fool, like, tweet at 2 a.m., and, like, now all of a sudden, like, the nukes are pointing at us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, so like, I don't know. There's, like, a bit of this, like, I mean, (laughs) you know, I mean, I guess lack of excitement where that's concerned, which is a relief, but it's... Well, it's it's another way, like, oh, I can't mark the day by what stupid thing did... Everyone write about today. It's like, oh, it's another day where the president didn't make a stupid headline because he acted like an adult. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I fewer read- guardrails on my week now. I like was reading like this great article about Biden, like Biden's day, and like I don't know, it was like CNN or something like that, and it was like sort of like what he does all day, and I was like, this dude is so boring. It's fantastic. Yeah plays with his dogs i'm like oh i like that i have dogs i play with them too yeah so um so yeah so we don't have we don't have like the banana guy bananas guy up there doing bad things for like us to be like oh well on this date it's true yeah yeah so hey so here here we are at the block here we are we're on the block so i don't know where to begin uh matt yeah, let's do Matt. All right. So I feel like we're getting a little. We we got like, like they threw us a bone. Like we got a little bit more backstory about Chelsea's mom. But did we? I feel like this whole episode basically just regurgitated kind of the same generalities we've had for at least one episode, if not a couple. Well, it did, but then there was like kind of the throwaway line that Matt had at the end. I mean, I think um, at least they okay, were well, kind of trying to address it. You know, it felt like they finally said, well, we actually never really told you why we have a problem with, like, why Matt has this problem with Chelsea's mom. So we'll just, like, throw this out there and not dig into it. Well, that's the thing. I need specifics. I don't yeah. need yeah. generalities anymore. But, okay, so let's let, let's just pick up from last week. Matt and his friend, this is the morning after the friend came over because that friend's boyfriend died, presumably of AIDS. And we so we get some clarification here. Yes. Like, the friend did die of AIDS. 
or the and it was the they say lover it was the boyfriend it was the partner of um of matt's i can't remember that guy's name now uh i don't think we see him again um mark and mark, mark I, okay mark. i want to say it was an in name but i wasn't sure um and then and then he goes and you know chelsea blank basically asks matt like oh are you worried and instead of Matt being like, well, all adults should be safe, not just the gay ones, Matt's like, yes, but I'm always safe. Which, like, you are, but you're also, you know, sleeping with would-be murderers and and that sort of thing. So, you know, <laughs> be a bit more discriminating. Um, and and that, like, that's kind of it. Like, for Matt, the conversation is sort of a win because he feels like they're having a pleasant one, but... But Chelsea is really like digging for dirt. Yeah, but you know, the mom. I felt like the the actor playing Chelsea was kind of like she seemed normal. She seemed normal, and she she looked a little guilty for like 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 trying to like like it was like she was trying to like pull the information out of him so that she could you know go back and tell her mom. But at the same time, it looked like she was conflicted about doing that. And she actually like likes her her uncle, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that this doesn't need to be a tug of war. Like they, but he also really has no stake to claim here. Well, I mean, except that he was left Chelsea in the will. Except for like legally. Legally, yes. yeah, he he does um, have a legal leg to stand on here. I, well, uh, yeah, but I mean, but I mean, like, really, he doesn't have like <laughs> like a claim and sort of like an interest in raising this teenager, right? Well, you know, I have to say, this is the thing. I if I was given an opportunity to like as a teenager to be like raised by my really kind of cool gay uncle, I'd have been all over that in LA. I'd have been like, hell yeah. Like, he seems like a really great uncle. Like, I'm like, okay, you can raise me, Matt. I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. That's just my, you know, that's just my feeling. I was like, I would love to be raised my, by Matt. I'll move in with him. I would have watched that show. <laughs> and then Matt sort of does the big, like, the right thing where he has a dinner with Chelsea and her mom at Shooters, of course. Um to because I guess they're going to s discuss how they're going to split custody mm -hmm. and that's when it comes out like Matt's like well you know Chelsea loves the burgers here and the mom's like red meat is bad for you and you're supposed right. to be a doctor and and then Chelsea's like I'm kind of a vegetarian now and they leave I mean it was just right. kind and of they work out and they work out this arrangement where it's like she can stay with her mom during some of the week and then the weekends when Matt is around she's with Matt um something like that yeah yeah and so anyway so denise is like well you know once they work it out denise is like well i'm okay we're leaving and matt's like well let's have dinner and she's yeah. like no this is my time with chelsea and we're vegetarian and you know and and i'm not going to share her yeah, with yeah she's you. like i'm going to take her to a nice restaurant yeah I'm, I'm taking her to a real restaurant or something like that yeah. and then um and then and then that's the end of that and then when Matt goes to pick up Chelsea for the weekend, you know, um, she tries to leave her reporting notebook behind, mm -hmm. <laughs> but her mom finds it and gives it to her and reminds her that she's got to um, take notes. Yeah, she's like, remember, document everything. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and then Matt just has like this really nice, like, sort of thing with Chelsea where he won't badmouth her mom. Meanwhile, the mom is badmouthing Matt to, to death. Right. So I'm like, I'm kind of going, well, I know that he doesn't end up with a raising a teenager. Like, that, I mean, unless he's leaving the show too. Um, so maybe he is raising a teenager. Um, but it just feels like they are maybe kind of like, pointing in that direction right now yeah i but but again you you made it sound like they made more mention of like denise's mistakes when they were all younger when she was like chelsea was a little girl and i don't feel like they said any of that oh yeah no i mean he said what is he he says something like he knew your, he says something about how I knew your mom, you know, I knew your mom when she just met or just married my brother. And it was, it was something kind of, I mean, Didn't it was, he call her a free spirit. Yes. That's what it was. He called her, a, she was kind of a free spirit, but the thing was like, it was more than we've gotten. That's kind of what I'm feeling. Like, I was like, oh, at least they gave us something. You know, it, it was more than we've gotten because for the longest, you know, for the past couple of weeks or however long this storyline's been going, we have gotten absolutely nothing about why we don't, why, why we, we're supposed to not like this woman. I guess it's just still not enough for me. I, I, no, I agree. It's but not although enough. I, uh, you know, I agree, like it's not, not enough, enough. But I'm like, at least we got something. I guess, yeah. You know, should I, it be more? Absolutely. But I mean, it doesn't matter. It's Matt. Yeah, I mean, what I liked more was that Matt went high when he could have gone low to yeah. Chelsea about her mom. But I mean, is that going to do him any favors? Probably not. I know, because Matt always does the right thing, and he always gets burned. Well, he always does the right thing, except for, like, when he gets addicted to drugs and when he solicits the cop and, Well, you know, he, does, he, 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 <laughs> he does, he makes mistakes. He does, he does. But don't they all? Yeah, but, I mean, ultimately, it's, like, it's almost, like, accidental mistakes. Like, he didn't, like, like, he wasn't, like, I'm going to go take molly and party he was right. studying and he he's was like i need this to study yeah like he just thought he was taking something that would keep him up like like a little extra caffeine you know like like it's, it just feels like he doesn't go out there and intentionally get into trouble no unlike some people like some others unlike some others on the show um you know where i think we can go now just to get this out of the way because it connects to nothing else mm. Jake and Allison <sighs> so they're off the show in a couple episodes aren't they they are yeah like all signs are pointing in that direction yeah so yeah when they when we start this episode, are they having the in, w with the two of them their their storyline? They're having the interview with the adoption person, right? Um, there's one scene before at, at Shooters. Allison goes into Jake's office and she's like, "Where have you been?" And he's been like on the phone with forty adoption agencies, making phone calls to see if they can adopt. Like it's going to happen overnight. And he's arranged an interview in the next day or a couple of days at their apartment. And right. that's when 
we open and see uh, the interview. Gotcha. A woman from one of the agencies. Gotcha. And then there's like this whole thing of like all of these questions, um, you know, history of mental illness, um, criminal behavior, you know, like all of this stuff. And they're, you know, they kind of lie. Well, yeah, because there's a, because if they actually told the truth about all of their infractions, that's the episode. <laughs> like, right. We're going into overtime. <laughs> Yeah, but it's true. I was like, is Allison going to mention, you know, I hit a 13-year-old on a bike, and she sort of vague mentions her DUI. Right. Um, and and But the woman from the agency leaves, and everything sounds optimistic, um, which is almost a surprise. And then later that night, we cut back to them, and they're celebrating because this is potential good news. And, I mean, they've got, like, Tequila shots, beers are open, everything. Jake's got a lime in his mouth. Yeah, they're celebrating with a lot of booze. There's a lot of booze in that celebration. And um, that's when the woman knocks on the door. But the thing is, so she has left her appointment book and probably hasn't called them back to see if it's there to say she's coming, but they acknowledge that they have found it and have been holding on to it. So... Signs pointed to, at some point, this woman was probably going to come back. And they're still, like, opening Shooters Part 2 right in their living room with, like, <laughs> all this stuff. Which is a bad look, even if Allison's not a recovering alcoholic. Yeah, I mean, like, it's one thing to be, like, oh, celebrating. It's another thing to throw, like, a rager. Like, to have yeah. a glass of wine or open a bottle of champagne. But they have, like, empty beer bottles and they're shooting tequila. Yeah, it's like a college dorm. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. And she, like, walks into the middle of that, and she's basically like... I mean, like, Allison tries to get up and falls down off the couch. <laughs> already drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so basically she's like, yeah, no, you're not, well, I'm not letting you adopt a baby. Right, and she's like... Uh, this isn't, this isn't great. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess the next day, Jake mm -hmm. comes home early from shooters and, or comes, I don't know, it seems like it's the morning because Allison's in the kitchen in her bathroom, bathroom, pouring a glass of juice. And I miss this, apparently spiking it with vodka. Yeah. <laughs> because Jake grabs the bottle dumps it down the sink and he's like all of this stops now no more drinking which i mean probably should have been his first reaction um you know several episodes ago mm -hmm. you know yeah, so jake has at least had the wake-up call but it is several episodes slash months in their marriage too late um and he says to allison that he spoke to the woman and after she walked in on them she did a background check and he's like, and I guess it made us look even worse. Like, <laughs> so I guess she watched seasons one through four of the show. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was sort of, like, what I found kind of interesting with this is, like, you know, Allison's back on the vodka, which was her beverage of choice before she went into rehab. And I'm kind of wondering if this is, like, the scared straight moment of the show and now she's not going to have a problem with alcohol anymore. I'm, I, I'm not saying. Okay. Because that was the only thing that I could think of because he goes into like this whole thing about like, and this is where we get tipped off that they're leaving the show, right? Like, like this is like, you know, 
we've been in this downward downward spiral spiral and like we live a like look at where we are we live a life that's not good for either one of us and you know he was basically like you know the bar this apartment yeah he goes this whole place is a sinkhole and it's really one of the few times that a character has acknowledged that like no matter where you look at Melrose Place, everyone's lives are going downhill all the time. <laughs> Run for the hills. Run while you can. <laughs> so so he, they decide, like, the best thing for them to do now is to get out of this place and really kind of uh, try to rebuild their life. Right. Well, I mean, do you feel like that was determined at this point? Or do you th- I kind of felt like it was just kind of something that was hanging out there that, you know, Jake said. Well, he says something about, like, let's go buy a house or something. And I'm like, at least in Jake's mind, he probably is thinking that. Right. But, I mean, like, what, like, then he's got to give up shooters. Like, he can't. Well, he can... do. She can't. I mean, you know, it's not like she can go get a job at D&D again and again and again <laughs> and again. <laughs> But it, it is sort of like that because the carousel keeps turning around, but probably not immediately. Uh, yeah. So I, mean, I, I don't know what they would do, but they've never really worried about logistics on the show. No, they're not. I feel like they need to leave California. Like, I feel like following Jane to Chicago might not be a bad idea. Oh, except Jane and Allison and Jake. Oh, yeah. that might Yeah, be so bad. they probably shouldn't go there. But, you yeah. know... When they went to Park City, they had a good time. So maybe something like that is their speed. Maybe Colorado or something is is actually for them. Yeah, a lot of good breweries out in Colorado. Well, okay, so in the elevation. Okay, so maybe not. Maybe not. Um, Oh. But uh, uh, the point is the idea that they may have a family, that they may have kids, seems to have been, again, very quickly... Um, taken from them. <laughs> in yeah. one episode, the newly formed dream of let's adopt uh, seems m- impossible. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, do we do, uh, you know, my quickly becoming my favorite character on the show, Jennifer? And and it was really Megan. Yeah. I'm, are you asking if we did? We did not. Are you asking? No. Can- I mean, should yeah. we should we do that, or should we get? Yeah. 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 Or should we get Billy and Samantha? I mean, oh, God, talk about acting um, badly. Uh, should we get Billy and Samantha out of the way? We can do that. Although that is the story that ends the episode, but that's I don't care. true. That is true. Um, yeah, and that's the thing that concerns me. Um, tell me more. We're going to just get so much more of this. Uh huh. That's a legitimate concern. Yeah, and I was just, and I'm really not here for it, especially as we're sort of hurtling towards the end of the season, and things were like so promising, and now I feel like we're just going to get like a double dose of Billy and Samantha, and I'm, I'm just, I don't want it. You don't want it. I'm telling you that right now. But what's funny is watching it with Alyssa. She like kind of likes the storyline right now. What's wrong? Is she feeling okay? <laughs> I'll take her temperature. Yeah. yeah. Does she have COVID? What's going on? Uh, it may be. It may be. It's in all. It's all relative sort of thing. But yeah, she likes it right now, and she knows a bit more than you do. I think uh, even of where it's headed. So well, okay. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be Sam's costume. 
that's bothering you or that you think she likes? About? I think that's why. I think I think Alyssa has a soft spot for Sam's um, grocery store. What checkout. is wrong with you? No! <laughs> what? No, but I will say this. I mean, look, I hate, this story. I hate this storyline. Um, but we got some real, like, prize uh Billy faces. We got oh, some prime Andrew Shoe faces. From the very first, the very first scene with these two. Um, so, well, okay, let's dive in. From the beginning, Billy confronts Sam with what he found at the end of last week. Remember, that closed last week's episode, too. They really are, like, tripling down on this shit. Um, so Billy tells Sam that he knows she's lying, that he followed her, and she went to the motel where her dad is staying. Um... And, of course, her first instinct is always to uh, shove him away and say, how dare you? Um, but she does admit, yes, it's true. And the thing is, it's like, uh, I'm so torn here because I'm Team Billy because he's not doing anything wrong and she's fucking up left and right and her father is horrible. I'm just not Team Andrew Shoe. It's just so hard when he makes these dumbass duck faces I got you. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, as much as I kind of liked Sam at the beginning, like, she's great if she kind of, if you have her recede into the background a bit, because she is terrible, too. She is just not a good actor. Yeah. So So this is, this is funny. As much as Alyssa says she's kind of enjoying the storyline, she's like, what was that audition room like? where they all sat and saw Brooke Langton and were like, she's the one. She's our best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, what what were these agents sending them? Yeah, I can only... Unless they're like, we need to find... It's like a David and Lisa thing. It's like, we really need to find Billy's true equal here. And in that respect, they found his best match. Or, I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe, like, they didn't even have, like, casting calls. They just looked at headshots. That's a possibility. Sure. Yeah, like, they were kind of like, like, who's good looking enough, you know, to come on and and kind of, like, stick her headshot next to Andrew Shue's headshot and be like, oh, they could be a cute Sure, I mean, hers or his because, you know... Patrick Muldoon, David Charvet would indicate all signs point to yes there. I know, because these are not bad-looking people, although I don't understand the appeal of David Charvet. Oh, you know what I've been meaning to ask you for, like, weeks now? What's that? Did you watch David Charvet on Baywatch at all? Yeah, I'd seen him on some episodes. Right, and I mean, I didn't watch a lot of it. Like, maybe I saw a handful of episodes. I don't remember him being terrible. I mean, was anyone good? Well, no, but I don't remember it. Like, I remember being like, wow, David Hasselhoff is the worst actor on the planet. But, like, I mean, he was really the only one that grated on me. The rest of them, I was like, yeah, whatever. I think think it's just a different standard. First of all, they're not, they were very rarely called upon to do true dramatic line readings on that show. But, like, you know, Pamela Anderson was never very good on the show. Yasmin Bleeth was never very good on the show. No one was ever really good on the show. Um, I don't think David Charvet is necessarily worse here than he was there. I think he just, you know, has to stretch a little bit and can't really stretch. 
I guess. I just know that every time I watch him, I'm like, I don't remember you being this bad on Baywatch. But do you think he's worse than Patrick Muldoon? Uh... <sighs> do, Alyssa, do you think Patrick Muldoon was the worst actor in the history of Melrose? I don't know. <laughs> I know Alyssa goes in the history of acting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, particularly in those later episodes where he was supposed to be like, where, where like he like came back from the dead. Like those were those were particularly cringy. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll get to him shortly, and I don't mind racing through the rest of Billy and Sam to get to that. Okay. Either. But um, yes. I don't. I don't think David Charvet is. I, uh, he's terrible, but he's, he's not. French. But he's not the. But he's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Okay. Um. In fact, I think Brooke Langton is worse than Patrick Muldoon. Or David no, Sharpay. David Sharpay. I think I think you I think you there's a good argument to be made there. I mean, like I feel like David Sharpay, if he can't quite sell a scene like some of his, you know, dialogue partners, he at least doesn't suck all the life out of it. And I think mm-hmm. Brooke Langton does that. Oh, I would particularly I, yeah. particularly where we are now. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So she and Billy have this confrontation um, and Billy is sort of like, you know, we need to call the cops and tell them because she admits that he's escaped from the Maryland jail. And Billy's like, we need to call the cops. We need to like get him out of our life. And she's like, no, absolutely not. Give me a few days. I got to get him out of town. I can't do this to him again. I still don't understand that, but that's where we are. Um, and then how did we end up with, like, the two of them at the hotel? Like, why does Billy, that... I think Billy demanded that Sam take him and that they go and confront Jim. But why? But, but, but I, well, I think Billy was like, you're going to go with me and you're going to say goodbye to him for good. And that's that. And you're going to, we're going to be done with him. Right. And that's essentially what happens. Um, they're in the hotel, motel, Jim pretends to be contrite and he and Sam say goodbye and you know she cries like this is really like she's saying goodbye to her father that she has this very problematic relationship with in fact this is I'll like throw Brooke Langton a bone here and say she's not terrible in that one scene because she actually makes it look like Sam thinks she is saying goodbye to her father and it's hard so I'll be like you're not terrible here she's crying whether they're real tears or not like it's it moves the scene along. But I think that was Billy was like, Sam, we're going to the hotel motel and we're saying goodbye. I think that's what it is. Right. Okay. Because I was like, all of a sudden they're at this hotel. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Um, but okay. But um, that's yeah. not the last she will see of her father. <laughs> no, it's not over yet. Um, this was also kind of like a weird... Like, the weird scene where it was, like, right after that, like, her dad shows up outside the grocery store, and, and, and she kind of, like, he kind of threatens her, like, 
you know, like, uh, you know, he's telling me to say goodbye and, you know, I'm your father and blood before sex. I don't know. I don't know. It was really yeah. stupid. Yeah. He said something like that. Yeah. 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 And then, and, and he's like, well, you know, and, and I don't know. I just felt like I don't, with the way that this storyline ended up this week, I didn't quite understand the point of that. Um, I mean, I guess it's to let her know that he's still going to be coming after her and she's not rid of him. Okay. Because the, the next thing... The threat of him, and it's a real threat, remains. Well, because the next thing you know, the cops are all at D&D tracking down Billy, showing a picture of the guy and asking Billy if, he, if he's seen him. And yeah. Billy plays understand. dumb. Yeah. I don't understand how these bumbling detectives unbumble themselves, but still can't find Jim. Well, there we are. I mean, they're they're at D&D and Billy lies and he's like, well, you know, I, I don't, you know, I know about him, but I didn't, I've never met him. He's in jail. And they were like, no, he's not. And Billy was like, oh, well, we haven't seen him. And then yeah, they have a conversation. Yeah, that's he learns the full truth, that yeah. the father wasn't let out. He escaped. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, and then. <laughs> they go have a conversation with Amanda and show the picture, and she's like, "Oh yeah, he was at the apartment." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> show the show the dad's picture to her, and she's just like, "Oh yeah, I know that guy." Um, yeah. Well, she comes over to Billy because then the detectives, you know, cuff him to take him away, and she goes, uh, "I'm sorry, Billy. Uh, they asked me a question. I told them the truth. I didn't realize you didn't." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, didn't realize I was supposed to lie about this. Um, you know, somebody didn't give poor Amanda the memo. So they card him out in handcuffs. Which um, I have to say, Alyssa and I were like, finally, because we've always listed, like, who are all the characters in Melrose who've been arrested? And it's basically everyone but Billy at some point. So now Billy, too, time? has been brought down. This was the first time he got arrested? He's never yeah, been arrested? Yeah, no, because he always failed up. What else would he have done to even get arrested for, right? Well, this is great. I mean, she's his downfall. <laughs> it's true. Sam is Billy's downfall. Um, but when he gets to the station, who does he find uh, handcuffed to the radiator? <laughs> his downfall herself. Sam has also been brought in and arrested. Right. So they have this sort of oh, Sam, Billy moment, um, but they can't get to each other because they're both cuffed. Exactly. I don't know. Whatever. But again, that is how we open and close the whole episode with this storyline. Right. They have, they, they really think they've got something special here and they don't. Which means that we're going to get a lot more of this over the next couple of episodes, I guess, until the finale. Yeah. Ugh. God. Do you want to, should we uh, soothe these wounds by going over uh, to Jennifer and Megan? And Jennifer and Megan are Sid. Um, Sid's another good one. Um, I, I, yeah, I could do either one. Okay, let's do, let's do Sid. Okay. Because we were already talking about David Charvet, and he's kind of, you know, in in this. Um, yeah, we've essentially we've uh, we've got uh, in these scenes our MVP and our LVP. <laughs> we <Week after> yeah. <laughs> are together. 
I, I guess the first time we see Craig, he's kind of boasting um, to Amanda that he's yes. going to like turn the tides of the the lawsuit. Um, so once again, like you know, just when I kind of think that maybe he's being earnest with Sid, he like then is like, no, he's he's not, and poor Sid's going to get hurt. Yeah, it's hard to tell because is he really out to save his hide and save D&D or not? It, it's ambiguous. And by that, I don't mean that it's they're not giving us enough. I think they're giving us enough so that it could go either way. We just have to keep watching. Right, right. And so, like, what he so i guess what craig ends up doing with sid is sort of like this reverse psychology like he actually tells her the truth about everything and like how he didn't you know how he screwed up with the insurance and he didn't yeah. fix that thing he was supposed to fix and so basically um her lawsuit will cause dnd to completely shut down and he's like and no one will suffer more than him Right, because this is the only thing he has. Amanda has, I don't know, whatever he said she had, the apartment building. I have no idea. <laughs> but he was like, this is all I have, and um, and this is going to ruin me. I don't have anything else. And you see poor Sid is starting to feel really bad, and she's like, well, I'll talk to my lawyer, and maybe we'll just, like, you know, settle for, like, I don't know, my hospital bill you know like she's basically like starting to backtrack on her lawsuit her five fifty million dollar lawsuit or whatever yeah. it is five million five million was it five million or fifty i feel like i, I guess five million i'm i guess i'm putting inflation in my head <laughs> but yeah and then so then there's another scene where craig goes to amanda right and says that like sid's gonna really bring the price down. And she's yeah. like, what kind of pixie dust is she sprinkling all over you? Um, and then we see Sid talking to Harry the lawyer, who's not, like, this ain't his first rodeo. And she's like, I'm just not comfortable with the settlement, and I'm your client, so I just want to drop it and only cover what's fair. I'm reducing, you know, what I'm asking from $5 million. So this is how I know. She says to him, from $5 million to 50000 and then Harry, the lawyer, counter-threatens her, and he's like, I dummied enough documents to show that you're being fraudulent. If you don't do what I say, then I will suddenly turn the tables on you, and you will be the one with everything to lose. So now Sid has found herself the, the, the center of this again by trying to now get out of, you know, this, like a coyote, this thing that she helped build. She's, um she's the one who might have the problem. So once again, poor Sid really just stuck her foot in it. Exactly. That's exactly I... right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my my girl can't catch a break. No. No, I mean, she's close to having lost everything. Yeah, at this point. I mean, she lost, she lost the bazillionaire.com boyfriend or video game boyfriend. Um... She's lost the boutique. She lost the boutique. She's she lost, lost the use of her arm. <laughs> she's lost her car. That fancy yeah. car. Um, she's lost the use of her arm. I mean, the only thing she has left is Jane's apartment. Yeah. And I don't even know how she's paying for that. No, we don't. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens coming soon. Next week. I'm yeah. very curious to see how Sid gets herself out of this. 
Yep, keep watching. Um, but but yeah, I just think look, Craig uh, David Chavez is not sucking the life out of these exchanges with Sid and with Amanda the way that like you know Brooke Langton is is like learning how to put vowels to use for the first time in her scenes. Right. But I mean, he, I mean, in, you know, in defense here, he also has really good actors to work with. Yes. Like Andrew again, Shoup and Tony Dennison can't really pull her up in their scenes. No, they they're cannot. all floundering too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Amanda, as we've noted for weeks now is doing some of her best work in this yeah in the season like she's really come into her own and she's really being fantastic it's and of true. course uh you know laura layton is always wonderful so yeah it's it's unclear again to me just how dire dnd's financial straits are because they're making it sound like this lawsuit is going to cost them everything um but like the company had to be doing okay for a while before the, like they make it sound like they're on a real precipice right now so I'm curious to see how that continues to play out. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I kind of felt like $5 million, like that's kind of a lot of money. You know, I can't imagine that they just have that sitting around somewhere, you know? No, but is that really enough to bring down this like major agency? I don't know. I always felt like they kind of played it off like it was a major agency in a small potatoes way. Yeah. You know, true. like, this isn't Saatchi and Saatchi, you know what I mean? Right. Like, this really right. is a local advertising agency. It just so happens that it's, like, local in a really big, major city, you know? Right. I don't know. Which is why they can't afford security. Yeah. Or not, not every day. Or a receptionist. Or a receptionist. Allison was the last good receptionist they had. Well, maybe that's the next job for Sid. Although, probably not this time. Yeah, no, Amanda doesn't like her. Okay, so now we can go to Megan and Jen. Okay, so right now Jen is missing. Yes, because she, uh, she and Michael stormed had a big out. fight. She stormed out. Um, and, and Megan tells Michael, she's like, I knocked on every door in the block and I can't find Jennifer and Michael's unsympathetic. He's like, she'll land on her feet. Um, and lo and behold, we do see Jennifer. Yeah, she does land on her feet. She is getting a job at waitressing at a strip club. Um, and she's trying to Again, hide it. Shades of Sid. <laughs> yeah, shades of Sid. <laughs> she is trying to hide it from uh, Megan and Michael because she does call Megan from there just to say, "Hey, I'm good. I have a job. Um, I moved in with a fellow waitress. I've got a place to live. Everything's all good." But um, Megan hears all this stuff going on in the background, and this ain't her first rodeo. She knows from she. It, Megan comes from the streets. She knows. She knows when her girl is, uh, you know, one right. step and away from being a hooker. Jennifer will know more about Megan. Um, yeah, so Megan takes her to dinner, and she's like, look, I at know you're... At Shooters. Looking, at Shooters, at Shooters. Um, and says, I know that you're, uh, you're waitressing at a strip club. And, you know, Jennifer's like, what? How do you know? And that's when Megan spills about her background. Um, and... Uh, uh, yeah, and then we have basically some, I don't know, some 
Alyssa Milano spilling some sad sack stories about how her family, you know, treated her badly um, and how Kyle ruined her life. And um, yeah, she's like, Kyle really got to me the worst. Yeah. Of all these men, which it's like, okay. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and, and it kind of comes out that, you know, Megan's sort of, sort of like, well, this isn't the first uh, stripper bar you've worked at. And uh, Jennifer doesn't say yes or no. So we're led to believe that, I guess, in Boston, after Kyle, you know, ruined her, she ended up having to go work at a strip club. Yeah. This was a thing back then. Um, on TV or in life? In life. That people would strip because they needed the money. Well, yeah, no, and they would, um, and like, you know, actually I had a friend that waitressed um, through college in our local uh, strip club that was near the campus, and um, I would go, uh, no, she actually did strip, sorry, she wasn't waitressing, she stripped. Um, and, uh, you know, I would go have drinks with her at the strip club every once in a while. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel like, like I, well, maybe, maybe that wasn't a thing, but I understood this. I understood this because I had a friend in similar dire straits Mm -hmm. back in the day. Well, and before there was an internet and YouTubing and, uh, and being an influencer, yeah, there, yeah. I mean, like you couldn't just like stay home and be a cam girl. You actually had right. to go out into the yeah. into the strip clubs. Yeah, I wonder if the. I mean, obviously COVID, but I wonder if um the whole internet cam girl thing, uh, you know, the the cams and all that, like, has that cut into the strip club revenue? I imagine it must have. It probably has. And that's this is like no longer like this hat like a strip club hasn't been part of a storyline since like the Sopranos with the Bada Bing. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, like maybe in Justified, but I can't I think don't of any other instances. A strip club and Justified being a thing, like maybe once in a while, like they. Yeah, build. I think it was like a once in a while kind of thing. Right, but anyway, I just sort of thinking about that, that that's sort of something that culturally has sort of disappeared on TV, so perhaps it has culturally disappeared in real life. Yeah, I think it's taken on an online form. Interesting. Indeed. Interesting. Anyway, um, I feel like we didn't get much with that. I mean, that's basically it. Yeah. Like I feel but like we, we got... do have nice bonding between Jennifer and Megan. Yeah, like I feel like we got something, but we didn't get um too far there. I guess because we had a lot going on with Peter. Yeah, there's a lot. Let's start with with Taylor, I suppose, um, who kind of pushes back against Peter, yeah. who keeps calling their exchange a game, which is more than a game. Um, and, you know, he says, if, if, you, if we stop this game, you don't need to be here, um, so make my breakfast. So she relents, you know, begrudgingly. Breakfast. Yeah. Um, and Michael, everyone meets at Shooters in this episode. Michael and Taylor meet at Shooters. Uh, <laughs> and she basically tells him about the ultimatum, which is where we get the title, Ultimatums and a Single Girl From. Not the single girl part, but the ultimatum. And um, Michael 
says something about how success has made Peter cruel, but for the time being, play along with it, and they will figure something out. Um, so we have Michael and Taylor plotting together. Which is um, kind of a really nice... Um, it's the smartest thing they could have done. It's a really nice pairing to have those it, two. Absolutely. Yeah, to have those two in cahoots. Yeah, they belong, yes, in sync. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, okay, a couple of things are happening in tandem now. Uh, additionally, Michael, we also see questioning a patient while on rounds with Matt and a couple other charges. Um, and there's a patient, and they run some tests on him. And the patient, uh, Alyssa was the first to point out, looks a lot like Rand Paul, which may actually even explain some things in the real world right about now. Um, <laughs> this, this patient was violent, though he can't remember it happening. And... Um, the EEG proves that he was having a seizure, um, which indicates something called temporal lobe epilepsy, which Michael says is also known as rage epilepsy. Um, and as Michael describes it, he begins to put a plan uh, in place. Yeah, and I okay. think Matt is kind of, uh, like, suspicious of it. We, I think so, but we don't get more of Matt, so right. we don't know, you know, he's kind of occupied with his own shiz. Um, and meanwhile, Amanda is still feeling kind of tentative about Kyle since finding out he slept with half of the country in the last week's episode. <laughs> um, so she's like dialing back what she's been saying for the last few weeks about going in on the upstairs jazz lounge. She's like, I'm looking, even though this is like a place for her to like shelter her money away from D&D, she says she needs a contract now. She wants a paper trail just in case like things go down. And Kyle's like a little taken aback and says he doesn't know who he's dealing with anymore. It's really like a one step up, two steps back thing for the two of them. Um, and then Kyle does show up to Amanda's office with a contract. Again, walks right in, no security. And, um, they, they start arguing about Peter and Taylor, but, but Kyle is like, we want them to sign a waiver of appearance to get out of their hair so that they don't have to either of them get involved, be connected at all with, uh, with the, the lounge, the, right. the jazz thing. So if they're neither of them are married anymore, like like they're done, they're not connected to it at all. Um, and he has this idea because Chef Mario, that guy who showed up a few weeks ago for the first time, um, apparently did the same thing. Um, so they agree, and and they're like, if if you go, if you ask Peter at the same time I ask Taylor, they're more likely to agree to do this together, which leads to for what is for me the highlight of the whole episode and one I have always remembered very fondly. The um, dinner. The dinner at Kyle's. It was pretty great. Um, it's pretty fantastic. So Kyle and Amanda are there and Amanda's got this like uh like one um what's the one strap kind of thing it's going like a, off. off the shoulder like it's a one. Yeah. 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 Um and they all start like going at each other and like topping each other with insult. Uh, after insult and Amanda snipes about Taylor's outfit because Taylor's dressed like Beth again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what? 
I forget, I forget what one says to the other, but then I think Taylor calls Amanda a conniving bitch. And, uh, and then Amanda says, I'd rather be a conniving bitch than a slut, and, or I'd rather be a slut than a conniving bitch in some ugly ass clothes. Like, yeah. it's great. And, <laughs> and, you know, and Peter is like, first Craig, now you're with Kyle. And Amanda first denies that she's with Kyle. And she says, you're right. I am with Kyle. We have sex all night, every night, and it is great. And then she brings him in for a kiss. And they're, you know, and Peter's like, I'm disgusted. As far as I'm concerned, I was only married once. It was to Beth, and the rest is a waste of time. Um, he dumps his wedding ring in his glass of champagne. Taylor signs the thing, and she goes, are you kidding? I'm not giving you the ring back. I'm going to sell mine. And they leave. I could have watched this scene all night. It was great. It was great. They were just insulting each other. And then, you know, and, and the moments between Jack Wagner and Lisa Renna were great, too, because she's like, I'm going to sign. Like, she had no arguments about signing it. Like, she just is like, and she's like, I want to sign it and get on with my life with Peter. And Peter won't sign it. You know? Yeah, and, she, like, and like, like, Taylor's really playing two games at once here because she hates Kyle. And she's, like, fighting to keep something with Peter that's, like, really built to implode here. Yeah, and she keeps on being like, well, sign it. Well, si well I, yeah. why aren't you signing it? Like, why aren't you signing it? You know, and he's, like, really, like, I'm not going to sign it. I'm not going to sign it. And then um, and then he's finally pushed into it when, um, when Amanda kisses Kyle. And it was a great kiss. It was a great kiss. It's a great scene. It is a and great it's, scene. It's a different kind of bitchy Amanda um, that we had in early seasons, and it's again exhibit double Z of, of like how great she has been this season. Yeah, I want this slow burn with her and Kyle to continue. Yeah, I really like it. It's uh, it is bringing me such joy yeah. in our COVID. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're I, not quite done yet. No. So there's more with Peter, Taylor, and Michael. Um, they're in a hospital event. It's like, like surprisingly, only the 25th anniversary for Wilshire Memorial. I thought, yeah, I thought that was weird too. <laughs> much longer than that. Um, but they're at this 25th anniversary event, and as chief of staff, Peter gives a speech. Uh, and uh, again, we see like the seed that was planted growing with Michael, where where he basically realizes with Taylor that he only treated you good. When he was down and out, if you want him to treat you good again, let's bring him down to failure. Yeah, and that was great. It, that was sort of, like, really fantastic. That's great. That is, like, uh, it's, like, the perfect melding of old-school, like, dynasty Dallas kind of plotting and, like, also, like, just a bit more contemporary at the same time. Yeah. Um. I like it. I like the idea of Michael and Taylor conspiring. I feel like that's exactly what you should be getting from both of them. Uh, I, I think if that is the thing that is coming out of this this dark Peter storyline, then great. I welcome it. We need something because this dark, dark Peter storyline, I don't like it. Um, but but if this is what it's leading to, then I'll I'll stay on for the ride. Yeah, and uh, you know. A short ride it is because we only have three episodes left. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, oof. So unwakeable. Um, unwakeable. So yeah. Um, I think that was it. 
That was it. That was our episode. So, guys, uh, are you watching along? Let us know what you think. Have we offended you with our takedowns of uh, Mr. Charvet and Ms. Langton? I don't uh, think we have. I don't care if we have. <laughs> <laughs> our listeners have taste. I know. You wouldn't be listening in the first place exactly. if that were so. Exactly. So, so there we are. Are we ho- we're Hollywood Boulevarding this evening? We're yeah, we are uh, taking the car out for a spin on the boulevard. So please and follow us over there. I have I have something to talk about over there that's going to keep us in LA. Interesting. And I'm wondering if you do too, because once again, we have not consulted with what we have. I know it's going to be a surprise to both of us, and I love these surprises. I know. So we will see you guys over there. Until then, uh, we wish you a good week, and we will see you next week back on the block. Bye.